about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. And I hope that you've had a great week since we've had our last get-together. But every week, on this program at least, we strive to learn more about how to access the full power and the full blessing that's available to us through the, the gospel, through the blessing, through the word. That's what I meant to say. You know, when we talk about the Bible, we talk about this Bible that is, you know, uh, pretty thick. And some people have actually never opened it, never read it. But it's made up of two covenants. It's made up of the first covenant and the second covenant. But it's all about blessings. Now, if you're someone who has never read the Bible, I recommend you do. And do it with some some help because uh, it's large, yeah. But you got to start somewhere. It's loaded with the. Bl- I don't know how anyone can read it and not acknowledge that it's loaded with blessings. And from the very beginning, all the way through to from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we have been told <coughs> over and over and over that God loves us and that he wants to bless us. What do you believe? You see, each one of us has been brought up differently. You know, and and I, I feel like the Lord made the earth and everything in it so that he could play out every scenario Every scenario of human life, what you would think, like when you're born, what's placed in you, how you develop, who you think you are, how you work your way out of it. So like in the day of judgment, which there will be a day of judgment, but in that day of judgment, you'll have no excuse because you may say, well, you don't know what I went through. And God will have five or ten people who have gone through worse than you and still found him, still found the salvation, still found the blessing. So what will silence everyone is being in a crowd of witnesses and testimonies where people have lived their role on earth. You know, that's what we're doing. You're living, you're playing the role of your name, who you are, and you're living it out on this planet. You, you were born into a family. Some were born into very good families, but there were other problems there, but others were born into nasty, not good ones, you know, and ones that told you the opposite of the gospel. And actually discouraged you from even believing that kind of thing. However, there are those just like you who grew up in worse situations who found the Word. The Word of God 
is available to all of us today. Matter of fact, it's never been easier for read, to get the Bible, to get the Word of God into you, because there's so much available. And some people would say, I don't like to read. Okay, I get that, because I don't like to read. Yet I have spent a lot of time, maybe not reading it all the way, the way it should, like reading it through, but confirming each part of it according to what people are teaching. Now, today online, you can find many great sources for teaching the Word of God. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about a specific denomination. I could care less. Maybe you care, but I don't. If they're off the Word, and and if they're rooted in the Word, then I care. If they're off the Word, then I want to get away from what they're preaching because it waters it down. It, it's not what God said. So what did God say? And the only way you're going to know that, guess what, is to pick up the real Word of God. So the Bible's com- composed of two, two different things. The, the first covenant, blood covenant, blood was shed, the first covenant, and the New Testament, or the New Covenant, the Second Covenant. So the second one is based on Jesus' blood. The first one was based on the blood of animals. But blood was involved. Why blood? Because it's very permanent. It has a stain, a smell, a touch. It is permanent. God gave himself to us. He made Adam and Eve. He put us here to to replenish this earth, to dominate this earth, not to walk around broke, busted, sick, or disgusted. So if you are acting out in your life the role of someone who just has lousy days every day or just can't get a handle on it because you've been so beat up, God has a new role for you. You can pick up the script for your new role in the New Testament, the Word of God. Oh yeah, Jesus came to give us freedom from the bondage of not knowing who you were to now telling you who you are. And you say, well, who am I? You are a child of the Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the head scientific creation. You know, God Almighty, the government of divinity, God, God. There is a divine order, whether you like it or not. And you can look around and you can see it. God so loved us that he sent his only son, but he so loves the birds and everything he's created, he feeds them also. He takes everything, replenishes and takes care of everything or it wouldn't exist. And if for one day there was no oxygen on this planet, guess what? You wouldn't exist. So who made it that there is oxygen? Who made it that the sun isn't too close or too far, that we're so cold we freeze or too hot we burn up? Who did that? Oh, it's an accident, right? (coughs) It's a coincidence, right? Who are you listening to? Any scientist knows 
that everything has an order. Now, they don't want to necessarily admit that there was some divine um, purpose or plan because then they would have to admit, admit that there's some being or some head of beings that created everything. Yet all the while, scientists don't want to use the word God. They do want to go and talk about aliens. Oh, that's okay, because we were visited in spaceships. Well, if there's a divine creator, don't you think he would have known how to make a spaceship if that was necessary? Or did he even need a spaceship? Or a, just a, a, a bubble to, you know, to transport him to be here? So what is it you're trying to look for that you can't find? And what you're really looking for is who you are. And does am I loved? Am I appreciated? Or am I just a, a wandering generality through this world that someday will just be here and someday gone? And that's it. No memory, no nothing. There are Christians that aren't sure about that. I talk to people all the time about what it might be like in heaven based on what other people have said who said they had visited there, had the opportunity to be there, come back, and yet people just give you that that weird look like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, well, what do you believe? Are you a Christian? Do you believe Jesus actually did what he did and it has a purpose to it? And if so, what is that purpose in the role you play on planet Earth. You are playing out a role. I'm playing out a role. I am Art Cardos in this world, and my life, your life, has a role to play. And there's a point where you can flip that role once you get to know Jesus. So on this program, I'd like to talk about the blessings. We have been so blessed by God. Are you using the blessing, or are you living under the curse? The curse came from sin. When Adam fell, the curse came on. Why did the curse come on? Because he was no longer using the blessing technology, let's call it. There's a blessing technology. Oh, yeah. And there's a curse technology. It's so, it's so complex that it requires you to not be able to think, but to meditate it from your heart. And yet it's so simple that all you have to do is accept that Jesus died for your sins. You say, well, I don't have sins. Really? Wow. Are you a little self-contained? You don't sin. That's great. Then you don't need a savior. And you don't need any of what I'm about to say. Just go on, not, you know, just be imperfect like you are. But we know better, don't we? We know that we all fall short. But what does fall short mean? What is a sin? Is a sin the Ten Commandments? That's a good start. Is it a sin when you speed? Is it a sin when you yell at someone? Is it a sin when you treat people wrong? Is it a sin when you steal? Is it a sin when you kill? Is it a, what is a sin? And, you know, we always think about this God who 
who gave us these commandments, these laws, and says, you better keep these laws. Why do you think he suggested we do that? Because he knows that when you violate the certain principles, the boomerang effect kicks in and comes back on you. You're only hurting you. If you knew that not keeping the commandments, the ten, you can't, by the way. Everybody breaks them every day, probably. But if you could, if you didn't keep, you don't keep them, you're outside of the technology that can bless you. You're outside of the system that's set up to bless you. You're just not in the system. Now, keeping them, which you still can't do, but you try to, makes you more able to get into the technology that will bless you. However, as God knew, in the Old Covenant, it was a method for him to bless people in spite of their sin if they did the animal sacrifice, if they became circumcised, if they followed him, and that was the best he could do. But he had a better plan, and that was to save us all, pay the debt once and for all with Jesus going to the cross so that we could get back into constant use of the technology that will bless us. It's a technology. It is a divine order. It is a the way things work. What do you mean by that, Art? Hey, does gravity work? Would an airplane have flown 3,000 years ago? Yes, but no one knew the technology. They didn't know that there was something called the coefficient of lift or that there was lift. And if you were had the right structure designed, you could move fast enough and it would lift. Yet birds were flying in the air. Dragons, they tell us, were flying. But things were flying. So what? So where, where the technology existed, but no one understood it. I'm suggesting to you that God placed a technology for you to be blessed in this world. And that technology has to do with Jesus, the cross, and his blood. It's the kind of scenario that will not allow you to fail. So what about the blessings, Art? The blessings, the blessings. So let me read you a couple things. Let's start out with Genesis 1, verse 28. And it says, God, then God the creator, the divine, you know, who the t- technology genius, blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over it, over the fish, the sea, the birds, the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you feel like we have subdued the earth? I hear people every day telling us the earth is subduing us. Oh, the earth is ruined, according to them. Yet we're told right here that the technology exists for us to use to change the world. 
we made in the image and likeness of God. That's right, God. You are made like God. Yet, you're living out a role in life for who you think you are. But God already knows what he put in you is far superior to what you think you are. And people think they they are who people told them they were. And some people, unfortunately, grew up, beat up, told they're nothing, worthless, or worse than that. And we're here to say, whoa, now is the time for you to find out who you really are and what your role is on this stage of life that you're living in. If you're someone that says, well, I'm retired and I'm kind of just easing out, you have a role to play, my friend. If you're someone who's young and you say, nobody cares what I do. Oh, that is so wrong. It's being recorded in the libraries of heaven, how you live out your role on this earth. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be shown to you at the end of your journey. You're on a journey. You don't know how you got here. You do not know how you got here. You just showed up one day and you think you know everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, it amazes me, the younger generation, when I say younger, I mean, anywhere's up to like 25, has no clue. Somehow, religion has overpowered its presence to the point where people and kids, and I don't blame them half the time, are driven away from it. So they have little or no knowledge of the Word, unless you were brought up with someone living in the Word who actually demonstrated the Word, and you got excited about it, because the Word always brings excitement. The Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God, always, always brings excitement. So, what we have to do is we have to understand the role we play. What role do we play? And whatever stage of life you're in, the beginning, middle, or even at the end of the end, you are still on this stage until the curtain drops. And I've learned from people both close to me and not close to me, but they have demonstrated roles that they play to the very end. And they have impacted people even on their exit bed, the bed where they take their last breath and go to where we're all going to someday go to find out how we did in our role on this planet. So, what are you doing with that opportunity? What are you doing with it? And um, in Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living being. He did not breathe into him like a balloon, blowing up a balloon. 
he breathed his very own breath. Each one of us is start kickstarted. I don't know, I mean, we, we have motorcycles that we kickstart, and we can sometimes, if a car won't start, we jump start it, or we can push it and get it started. Not so much anymore, the way they're made, but we used to be able to. And God had this perfect being he made, but to get him started, he had to make him breathe. He put the breath of life in each one of us. The breath of life. And in that last breath, when we leave this planet, we're still alive on his breath, but the body is no longer alive here until he puts it back together again, which he will do. So, what is it that we don't understand? He formed man. So he took dust. Now, you know, when we look at dust, blow some dust around. But again, it's an atomic structure. He took from the quantum world, the atomic structure of dust, and put divine order in it, and you became a life. You became whatever we look at when we look in the mirror was made from an atomic structure that came from dust. It came from dirt. It came from dust. If you, if you can understand technology, if you understand quantum physics, if you can understand the, ato- the atoms and how they work and how you can be looking at your hands and say, wow, all of this was made from dust. And to dust, it will return. When you, the spirit of life that he put in you, exits your body with a fully recorded version of your role that you played on this earth. So wherever you were born, if you were born in a country where you didn't even get a chance to understand the Word of God, God has a plan for you. If you were born like in this country where we are, you have every opportunity and no excuse not to at least search for the truth. And I don't mean searching for religion. I mean search for the truth, the Word of God, the blessing, the the fact that Jesus came, died on a cross, paid a price for you. God bought you back. Who did he buy you back from? He bought you back from Lucifer, Satan, who stole Adam in the garden by convincing him that he had better information, better intel than his own creator was giving him. And Eve took some of that information and fed it to Adam. They ate the fruit. And that fruit of the tree of knowledge of both good and evil caused them to have their eyes open to evil stuff that God never intended for any of us to have to go through. So Adam failed at this task of keeping away from that tree. But as a result of that, every person ever born since then 
grows up eating from that tree. And that's why some people have parents that just don't aren't nice to them, aren't good to them, because they're eating from the fruit of the wrong tree. But the information to stop eating from that tree is available to all of us in the Bible. And God arranged for that Bible to be written and here for all of us. And in this country, there's no excuse. You got no excuse. If you can't read, you can still get it online. I'll bet you anybody in this country who still can't read has a cell phone. And on that cell phone, you have the internet. And in that internet, you can get videos. Well, I want to tell you, live streams, video, it's all available. It's all available. You can go online and read any Bible verse in any of the different versions that you prefer. And you can do it in 10 seconds. So what's your excuse? What's your excuse for not changing the outcome of the role that you are playing on the stage of planet Earth? Oh yeah, you're playing a role. Sit back and just look at your role. Think about the way you act, the way you talk, the way you treat people, and think about what role you're playing. Are you playing your best role that the divine creator will be proud of you and say, they started way over here, but now look, they've come so far. Well done. That's what you want to hear. Well done. You've got going. You don't have to be the best out there. Even if you just make a little progress, God will be happy. But today I want to talk about the blessing and commanding the blessing because we can take the blessing of God and command it to operate in our life because we legally have the right to be blessed. And I know in your mind, sometimes you don't feel blessed. And you say to yourself, something's wrong with me. I've tried that stuff, Art. I have prayed. I have even changed my language. And the blessing of God, is it wants to bless you. But we are so indoctrinated with eating from the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil, that we don't know how to just stop it. You know, I don't know if there's anything you eat uh, that you love, but like ice cream or whatever it is, it's hard to stop eating what you love. You know, you may say, I'm, I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to stop. But this thing keeps gnawing at you. That's the way this old world of everyone telling us who we are and the way we are has been gnawing at all of us through our whole life. It's hard to stop. But yet there is a way. It is the way. His name is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, who died on the cross, came to this world, paid the price for your sins so that you can get to a point where you can say, okay, I need a do-over. I need a good do-over where the slate is wiped clean. And that's what he came to give you, a do-over. And that means you're born again when you accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is pray and say, Father, 
take my life, Jesus. I believe what you did and do something with it. And when you do that, you become born again. The slate's clean. We're going to start again. And then the fun begins. Now we're going to take a break. We'll be right back to talk about how to command blessings to work in your life. Wouldn't you like to speak to your checkbook and get a result? We'll be right back. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. We're back, and we're talking about the role you play on the stage of life, the planet Earth. It has a beginning to the play when you were born. It has an end when you leave this planet. Everyone that you know will leave this planet at some time. And that's either the end of everything or just the beginning of the passing out of the rewards for having accomplished as much as possible by just having God's Word to hang on to. Are you hanging on to God's Word? I'm hanging on to it. And I want it to happen in every area of my life. And I want it today. I want it faster. And I want it for you. I want it for those listening. I want it for anyone who's listening today. And I want the blessings to come forward for you. Does the blessing mean you can prosper financially? Does the blessing mean you can prosper with your health? Absolutely. So let's just read from Luke 5 and uh, verse 6 and 8. Uh, it says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Now, we're talking about Peter in the boat. Remember, Peter loaned Jesus his boat. Jesus is about the Word and getting it out. You've got to get out the Word because that Word had to be not only got now, but it had to be written down. It had to be put in a form of a scroll or whatever that would be passed down to until someone invented the printing press and they could print the Bible, right? And get that out to all of us and down generation after generation. The Word of God comes to us and it all started with a story. So here, when, they did, when he did this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Does that technological advancement that you can go fishing and catch so much fish that you have enough that you can sell that will maybe be a year's worth of money? Can, can you imagine that? Or, or what business are you in that all of a sudden today, if everyone called you, if you had... 10,000 people call you for the service you you give. They called you, and they offered you to pay you for what you do. If you had 
enough for the whole year or a thousand or whatever, five, whatever it takes to be a year's salary. If everyone called you in a day, what does that look like to you? What does that feel like to you? Or uh, you make it sound like it's a, a magic thing, like Aladdin's lamp. No, I don't. But I'm talking about fish here that was caught in Peter's boat because he did something Jesus wanted done. He asked him a question. Peter loaned him his boat. He had a bad night fishing anyway. He said, what the heck? We've been out here all night. Nothing's nothing. He didn't get one fish. They're not even here. And Jesus said, oh, they'll, they'll come. They'll come. If you seek me first, let me have your boat. They'll come. He didn't tell them that up front, but he knew what he was doing. So what are you doing with your business? Are you using it to help spread the gospel any way you can? Or are you using it and you go to work every day just thinking, what do I get? What do I get? What do I get? How do I get it? How do I get it? The blessing wants to come on you. God wants to provide so much business for you today that you don't even know how to pick it up and keep it all. That's the blessing. You can dispute the story all you want. You go back and you find it in Luke chapter 5, verse 6 and 8, and tell me that didn't happen, because it's recorded. It's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's recorded. So what are you going to do? Say nothing is true? So if that happens there, what can you do as a business person, if you're a business person? Well, the number one thing you could do is realize that when you go to work every day or go to your business every day, seek first what you can do for God on purpose. That's what I do. I don't remember the last time that I went looking for a client. I don't remember the last time that I picked up the phone and did cold calling. I, I don't do it. I look for every opportunity, though, to seek the Lord, help people, and if I find a client who actually can't even afford what we do, I adjust the price to make sure they can, as unto the Lord. And I just help people, knowing that my real role is not as a businessman. I make TV commercial, and I make video for online that gets people on page one of Google and keeps them there. And we have a system that's blessed. It works every time. But I don't go looking for that. And that's not who I am. That's what I do. <clears throat> but who I am, and what I've learned is that if the Lord is bringing me a client, it's because he wants me to partner with them. Not so much, well, they'll be blessed because the blessing is on me, the blessing will be on them. But he wants me to bring something with the word into the situation. So often I get the opportunity to talk to people who don't even know Jesus, but that's the real reason I'm there. Not so I can make their business grow, although we do. That's part of the blessing. So the real reason is to help them in some area of life. They might be hurt. They might have gone through a divorce. They might have gone through um, uh, sickness and illness or, or worse, you know, or bankruptcy. So whatever it is, the real reason I'm there is because of the word. So my role in business is to bring the word wherever I go and not be ashamed of it and not hide it, 
I find myself recently involved in multiple businesses because people ask me to partner with them because I bring a certain substance from the word and that blessing comes on it. <coughs> Excuse me. That blessing comes. The blessing comes with me because I live in the blessing. You can do the same thing. You don't need me. You need the blessing. So the blessing of God is available. How do you get it? Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. You have trouble sleeping nights because you don't know how things are working out? He adds no sorrow. There should be no pain in you becoming rich when we understand the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. I know there's Christians out there and churches out there that'll tell you differently. They have for years. And, and they're just totally afraid of being blessed or making too much money. I had someone tell me not... Too long ago, you know, I think I made too much money because I'm not going to get to use it all. And it's going to be passed on and I'm not going to, you know, have anything to say about it. <laughs> That's correct. You made too much money. How about giving it away? The rich young ruler had all the money. He was trusting in the money. He was, his life, his security, his retirement was all trusting in the money. And then he met Jesus, and Jesus was very happy with him. He actually put a smile on his face and said, yeah, you kept the commandments. That's really great. You only lack one thing. Only one thing. How'd you like to get to the end of your journey and find out there was only one thing you lacked, and you could have been at the Jesus level, because that's what Jesus offered him to come follow him. And he simply said, sell all you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. But the rich young ruler thought, I can't do that. I can't. Now, why did he tell him to do that? Because money's bad? No. Because the rich young ruler was trusting in all of his wealth and he was very comfortable. So if you're trusting in your retirement, if you're trusting in everything but the word, it's very hard for you to understand how the Word or the Kingdom of God works. I'm not telling you to give your retirement away. Don't turn us off. But I am telling you to sow seed, to tithe, to give, and to share, and to bring the gospel wherever you go. And God will give you more. That was the other part that the rich young ruler missed. If he had done that, he would have established a flow that more, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold times would come back into his life. That would have made him extremely wealthy. We don't know how rich he was to begin with, but he had enough. He had more than enough. So he turned away and walked away sad. Are you walking away sad? Saying, well, I, I don't want to risk talking about Jesus in this day and age because, well, you see it's just not popular, right? Oh, yeah. It wasn't popular 2,000 years ago either. And now, if we don't, as Christians, live our role out for what we're designed to be, we're gonna, you're turning this planet over and you're just saying, we don't 
have any solutions. We don't have any answers. And yet, all the while, you know the answer. It's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus. You look at other countries that are treating people so poorly, <coughs> torturing them. And if you even mention Jesus, there's laws that keep you from doing that. And so you have to hide it. But the word can't be stopped. So, number one, God wants to bless you. Number two, the blessing makes you rich. And you should be able to change things. Now, how do we change things? It comes by faith, and it comes by speaking the word. <clears throat> you have to know the word. You have to speak the word. Speak. I know people say, oh, yeah, you're the name it and claim it guy. No, no, no. Take God's promise. The blessing is yours. And speak to your checkbook. Here's how I speak to it. Bank account. You're my bank account. I am a blessed man because of the promise of God that says I'm blessed. I'm under the covenant that came through Abraham, and I'm a joint heir with Christ who made me legally joint heir to you and to Abraham's covenant that you made with him. So bank account, I command you to be filled. I command you to be filled with money overflowing with more than enough. I command you that I'm debt-free, and you will always be there to pay my debts. You will be filled. You say, oh, Art, you can't believe that stuff. Yes, I do. And I'll tell you what. I believe it. I receive it. I've watched God doing it, and he's doing it right now. He's looking for you to allow him to bless you. He wants a great wealth transfer. Yes, money into the hands of people who are willing to accept the responsibility to use it to progress the gospel and to help others. Will you be one who receives it? Or will you be one who could just contaminates the earth with your verbiage that says, that can't work, it never works for me? And it is working for you when you say that. Because the minute you say it, you're, you're operating quantum laws and rules that keep it from happening in your life. Are you healthy? If not, speak to your body. Body parts, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry the Holy Spirit in us. You are my temple. I command you, you will function in the full perfection to which God Almighty created you to function. I absolutely forbid any malfunction in the name of Jesus and the price that he paid on the cross and the stripes, the marks on his back from the whips, because we're told by his stripes, we are healed. So if your body needs healing, if your body needs restoring, speak to it. You probably are speaking to it. You look in the mirror and tell yourself awful things. Speak to it. You will be this weight. You will be made whole. You will be, you are restored. You're all restored. My cells are becoming younger. Speak to it. Stop talking about, man, I look old. I'm getting older. Man, I don't have much time left. What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're eating from the original tree of knowledge of good and evil versus taking the blessings from the Bible, which is a guarantee 
that the blessings are yours through the blood of Christ, through the blood of animals, through Abraham and the original covenant, because we're joint heirs. God does the work. All you have to do is believe. Are you a believer? Because that's the question to ask yourself. That's the question. Are you a, what do you believe? We're here to replenish. Are you replenishing your garden? Are you replenishing your area of life? Are you replenishing your family? Are you leaving your family better off than you were? Are you teaching them the Word of God? Are you using the Word of God? Or are you simply just saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Broke, busted, sick, disgusted. My life didn't work out good. Boy, poor me. Poor me. Poor self. That's exactly why Jesus came. To tell you that he has life for you and to bring it more abundantly. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy quantum laws work. Thy system of technology will come on earth as it already is in heaven. You think the technology in heaven isn't far superior to what you're living in? <coughs> heaven is going to amaze you forever. And he's telling us to call it onto the earth. Replenish the earth. Redecorate the earth with the same technology that exists in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. What's God's will? His will is for you to be blessed. If you're struggling with that, you've got to fix that before you get anywhere else. Don't be walking around thinking he wants you to suffer your way through. That is old news, my friend, and very, very outdated. <clears throat> the Word of God, the blood of Christ, came to restore you and make you whole. Make you whole. Will you receive the blessing? Then command the blessing because you have been given legal authority to receive it as a joint heir through Jesus the Christ. Yeah, I hammer on this stuff, don't I? Because I don't think people get it enough. I don't think we're commanding the blessing. I think we're just wandering generalities way too often. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. You don't believe that stuff that kind of people, those people talk about, do you? And that won't work for you. You know, you know you tried this and it didn't work. And maybe it didn't work for right away, you know, immediately. So what happens when you speak it and it didn't work immediately is some people just quit. That's what it says in Mark 4.11. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And immediately, some of it falls by the wayside, but immediately Satan comes to steal it. The word is the seed of God. When the word is spoken, the seed is planted. If you go out today and you plant a tree and you wait 25 years, you will see a tree that's very hard. To, matter of fact, you probably have to pay somebody thousands of dollars to cut it down. It's so big. So when's the best time to get rid of that tree? When it's first planted. The roots aren't there. Nothing's there. So the easiest thing for Satan to do is come immediately to pick up that seed and go, come on, you don't actually believe there's going to be a tree here in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. Do you? 
and most people, not most, maybe not most, but a lot of people will say, she's right. You know, I'm that little thing, that mustard seed or that little seed is going to produce the shade that I want from a tree, but it does. And you have to wait and you got to water it and you got to wait for the sun to germinate it and more water, more seed, more water, more seed until finally, that's right, finally, it becomes that tree that's too hard to take. Will you allow the seed of God to grow that long in you? So where you are so confident that you can provide shade for your family, you can provide shade for everyone around you because you play the role of the strong tree. I am a tree planted by the rivers of living water. You ever heard that before? You're a tree that's planted. So God dropped a seed in you in order for you to play out the role of a tree planted by the rivers of living water, because you're giving off words of life, not death. Blessings, not cursing. I don't understand how people don't get that. I understand life is tough, but what else is there, my friends? You will return to dust, and the inner parts of you, your soul, your mind, your soul, and your spirit will still be alive in eternity and go to God. And he promises that he'll give us a new body at a certain point in time. But that part of you who lived out the role will go for judgment. Jesus is coming. I want to remind you he's coming back. And you and I are living out the role. What are you doing with it? And then if you've accepted him as Lord, that's the beginning. And yes, your name is in the book of life. You are going to be in heaven. But there's so much more. And getting ready for his return right now by helping other people get the seed in them. Their tree may not be fully grown when he returns, but he's growing things faster right now, too. There are people that are getting the seed from the salvation message and just picking it up and running with it. And God's blessing them quickly. And he wants to bless you quickly. Will you receive that? Will you receive an instant, fast manifestation of God's holy word? in you. He wants you to renew yourself. Maybe you've you've known the Lord, but you got tired and you're dragging your feet. Let's pray today that God will open up that reservoir and let the Holy Spirit revive you, cause you to speak words of life into your life and to actually start believing that God wants to correct your health, your wealth, and your family, and your future, before you get to the judgment seat. And you'll be at the judgment seat. But see, if you accepted Jesus, it just becomes your judgment's over because Jesus paid the price. So all you got to do is remember that Jesus died for my sins. Paid in full, go through. But if you resist that, fight it. And even if you get the paid in full sticker, and but don't even use any of it. It's like the guy who buried his talent. Remember that story? If you knew that you had the keys in you to transform everything around you and help people, and you bury it, you you put it in the ground because I might mess it up. I might lose it. That's sad. And God doesn't want you. He wants you to use the talent. Use the gift that he's given you to bless others. So if you're that person that has all this wealth stored up and you're living a pretty decent life, 
go bless some people with it because it'll be recorded in heaven. Not that so-and-so had all this money on earth, but that he blessed and helped people while he was here on earth. And that, my friend, is an eternal reward. It's an eternal past the fact that you got into heaven. Your mansion in heaven, where you live, will reflect what you did here on the earth. And if you're someone who says, I don't have a lot of money to give art, I don't have hard, I don't have any to give. Get some. <laughs> That's the answer. How do you do that? By faith. Speak to it. If only, if the only reason you speak to get more money is so that you can give it away, how much more beautiful is that? If you have nothing you need and, and you don't have the kind of interests and things like, I mean, I used to race cars, but I don't really need to get in a race car. I did it. I used to fly planes. I, I would probably like to fly again, but I don't need to do that because I did it. So what is it you want to do? Maybe you say, I don't have anything I want to do. Okay, fine. How about just bless people? Make that your thing and ask God, make their need your need. That's right. Find someone who needs something and put yourself in their life on their behalf and help them get what they need. Just do it with one person or one family. Adopt a family that needs your help financially. It will transform you forever. And find out what their bills are. Talk to them about Jesus and tell them that Jesus sent you to help pay off their debts that they've been believing for. And see what God does for you. You think you're alone and you're sad? God will fix that. He'll change everything if you will do the simple thing for all those around us. Because he simply said to us, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Can you do that? Can you do it for a week? Go find somebody to bless. Even if it's buy them an ice cream cone. Bless somebody. Take somebody out to breakfast. Pay for the meal. And tip the waitress. As a Christian, you should leave the biggest tips bigger than the bill. And then tell them about Jesus. So don't tell me you don't need money. Oh, you do. But make sure you have it for the right reason. Spread the gospel. Let the word come alive. And be blessed. And understand that God loves you. And he wants to bless you today. What will you do with that opportunity? Have a great week. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.